everyone. Welcome to the Mindful Mama Club podcast, the shits and giggles guide to motherhood. I'm your host, Gemma, and this podcast will be full of all the unfiltered conversations, relatable mum life stories, and all the belly laughs I needed as a bougie first-time mum in a sea of shit stories and negative Nancys. The Mindful Mama Club is here to remind you through pregnancy, birth, and beyond that you are never alone. So, If you're looking for laughter, tips, tricks and information on how to feel empowered in your journey to motherhood, you are in the right place. So tie up that mum bun, grab that lukewarm coffee and let's dive headfirst into the rollercoaster ride that is motherhood together. Hello everybody, welcome back to the Shit and Giggles Guide to Motherhood. Today you just have me. Um, and I'm going to be talking you through my second birth story um, as that kind of directly links into how I ended up here with MMC. And yeah, the reason for my obsessive passion around birth, babies and boobies. Um, so, yeah, obviously I have two girls. Um, my eldest is four and a half and my youngest is two and a half. And Today I'm going to talk you through Indy's birth story. So she's my youngest. Two and a half years ago, we were in the midst of a global pandemic, just in case you forgot. Um, and yeah, I think it's not something I would look to replicate, having a baby in uh, in COVID, but it was an experience that I will never forget. So yeah, I hope you enjoy my birth story um, and my little explanation of how I ended up here. So, Indy's birth story starts um, New Year's Day 2021. Um, I have medicated hypertension, so I've had high blood pressure since I was around 22-ish. So, during both my um, pregnancies, I was consultant-led and classed as a high-risk pregnancy compared to others. So I took aspirin and had my blood pressure monitored and medication kind of adapted as and when we need to. So I was checking my blood pressure regularly and I woke up on New Year's Day with a banging headache um, and thought, hmm, this feels like a bit like a blood pressure headache. So I did my blood pressure and it was very high. I don't remember the number now. It's written down somewhere, but yeah, depressingly high. So I waited 15 minutes, did it again. Still high. Wait another 15 minutes. Did it again. Still high. Um, Went up to Joss, who was in bed with Pepper at the time, and just said, oh, I think I'm just going to call the ADAU and just see what they say. So I called them. They were like, come on, come in. Um, And I said, "Okay, well, I'll just go on my own because they're probably just going to check me, tell me it's fine and and send me home. I'd been into the ADAU plenty of times before for that same reason. So he was like, yeah, okay, no worries. I'll stay with Pepper. So he I said to Pepper, see you later. Mummy's going to the shops because she sometimes got upset when I left for too long. Um, Gave them both a quick kiss and off I went to ADAU. Um, But I didn't leave (laughs) without a baby. Um, So, yeah, um, let me bring it back and kind of set the scene. I... um, I never saw the same consultant twice, which obviously means you get very mixed opinions on what is going on during your pregnancy. Um, And because I had an induction um, with Pepper at 36 weeks, um, they told me you'll be induced again um, 
as I say, told me you will be induced again. Um, I didn't know as much as I know now about asking questions. Um, so yeah, told me you would be induced again around 37 weeks. So I was always booked in for an induction. Went in for a growth scan, saw a different consultant um, who then cancelled my induction and said, oh, it's fine, your baby's growing again. Um, I was very confused and emotional by this point, as you can imagine. Um, but I went home thinking maybe, just maybe, I could have the spontaneous labour I had always hoped for. Um, no such luck. So, yeah, bring it back to um, New Year's Day. Got sent into the ADAU, told Pepper I was off to the shop. I would be back thinking, I'll be back by lunchtime. Um, little did I know I was bringing back a sister from the shop. Um, my blood pressure was higher than they would have liked and advised I stay in for 24 hours to have it monitored and see if they perhaps were going to change my medication. Um, so I spent the next 24 hours alone because we were not allowed any visitors during COVID. What a fucking joke. Um, yeah, so guess what? My induction was then rebooked for the same day that it was originally on and had been cancelled um, because another consultant walked in and said, oh, I wouldn't have done that, so I'm just going to rebook it for you. Um, so there I was saying, you can't leave. You must stay here with no visitors. Um, yeah, it doesn't sound that fun. Um, and I always moan about people and say, don't be a negative Nancy when telling your birth story. However, this bit of the birth story was pretty shit. Um but it gets better, I promise. So Sunday, the 3rd of January came. I was due to have my pessary induction at 6 a.m. Um, if you've had an induction before or had any experience of the NHS, you will know that things never happen on time. So it was 12 o'clock before I had the pessary. Um, and yeah, if you've never had an induction before, a pessary, the only way to describe it is perhaps like the most aggressive fingering you might have had in your life. Um it's not the most pleasant experience, uh, but hey ho, we roll, um, and it's it's what I it's what I agreed to. At the time, um, I'd had an induction with Pepper, and I'd actually had a really great induction last time. Um, it was very quick, and um, yeah, I was kind of happy with how that induction went. So in my head, I was like, this is going to be the same. It's going to be super fast. I'll do the pessary, um, and I'll, yeah, I'll be home soon. Um, but because Joss was kind of not allowed there, he wasn't allowed in until my allotted visiting time, which was two hours, I think, at 6.30 p.m. in the evening, um, it was pretty crap couldn't hold his hand couldn't have a chat to him I was strapped up to a monitor feeling pretty lonely um yeah bloody covid so I started to have contractions and I was convinced that this birth was going to follow the exact same path as it did with Pepper but I thought you know what I've already done it once this is going to be speedy it's going to be even quicker um so Joss wasn't allowed to visit me until half six but I was pretty sure by half six I was like yeah I'm going to be going down to the labor ward that's it I'm going to be there um, so I paced around the corridors, I bounced on a ball, I did everything that I knew I should do um, following the hypnobirthing course that I had done to try and ramp up this induction. Um, I was using breathing techniques. Um, Joss arrived and I was like, look, things are happening. I know like this is going to be great. Um, I even started to think about using the TENS machine because the cramps that I was feeling like were getting pretty ramped up and I knew from last time that I can labour fast so I was like yeah this is going to be great this is going to be over really quickly just like last time um so yeah when Joss was with me I was feeling like things were pretty intense I was thinking about using a TENS machine um but then obviously what happened was that he had to leave um and 
if you've heard me talk about oxytocin, oxytocin thrives in a very safe place. And I think for me, Joss was 100% my safe place. Um, I felt strong and safe when he was around and I had lots of oxytocin. But because of COVID, he had to leave after just two hours and my contractions left with him. Um, my body was probably like, nah, you don't feel safe anymore. Your husband's gone. He's your happy, safe place. This baby doesn't really want to come out. Um, so I was absolutely gutted. So I spent the rest of the night with really mild clamps, uh, clamps, cramps. Um, and yeah, as much as I knew I needed to get some sleep, I was kind of battling with myself thinking, oh, but if I go to sleep, then things are going to slow down. But I knew I needed to have a rest so I could face another day on Ward 9. Um, I got woken up at 3.45 in the morning to have another pessary um, and had everything, fingers crossed, that this was going to kind of kickstart labour again. Nothing happened. Um, I was feeling pretty deflated because Pepper was born within hours of my first pessary last time and I was pretty certain this was going to happen again. But I was so adamant that positivity was going to get this baby out that I thought, no, fuck this. I'm not having negativity. I know better than this. Um, I walked myself to the bathroom, which was horrible, not very clean. And they tried to tell me to get in the bath and I was having none of that. Um, but I thought, no, I'm going into the bathroom. I'm going to put on a full face of makeup. I'm going to brush my hair. I even put on some fake eyelashes. Um, and I thought, yeah, I'm going to feel confident. I'm going to be positive. This is going to happen. So I waited for the doctor to come back. Um, 10 a.m. Um, they came and offered to examine me, which I was fine with at the time. Um, whilst I was there, they gave me a stretch and sweep and pulled my cervix forward without asking. And now I know so much about um, birth and consent that, yeah, that is quite sad, really. Um, so if you are in a situation where you do say, yeah, I'm happy to have an examination, please make sure that you remind people that they must never do anything without your consent. Um, so, yeah, that wasn't a pleasant experience. And now I look back on it, I think I wouldn't let it happen again, but it happened. So we move on. Um so yeah, they had a look and said, oh yeah, I think you'll be fine to have your waters broken. So at that point I was like, great, I'm gonna be able to have my waters broken. Um, and I was thinking, okay, uh, surely I'm gonna be the next person. Hours went past, <laughs> other people went to get their waters broken. Um, not me. Um, so yeah, I, I had to wait. Um, and Joss wasn't allowed to visit me again, even though I was clearly um, in early stages of labor because my cervix was dilating. Um, so instead, I had to walk the corridors of the hospital um, in early labour, pacing, having to stop and breathe through every contraction um, with everybody looking at me. It's actually quite emotional thinking back on this uh, first story now I'm reading it out. Um, I was pretty torn at this point. I didn't really want to leave him at the doors of the ward, but I knew that I had to go in and get someone to either examine me or allow me to go to the labour ward because I just knew how quickly I could um, labour. And I really did not want to be squatting out my baby on the corridor floor. Um, I spent the next couple of hours alone because he wasn't allowed in. And it was probably the hardest two hours of my life as I kind of navigated through pretty intense contractions with nothing but a TENS machine and some breathing techniques. Um, 
But although I was alone, I definitely felt calmer and more in control than I may have ever felt in my whole life. Um, I remember pulling those curtains and kind of giving myself a good talking to um, and saying, right, you know what to do here. You need to get your oxytocin up. You need to calm down. You need to breathe. Um, yeah, you need to be happy and get this baby out and you can only be strong for yourself because there isn't anybody else here for you. Um, so, yeah, I knew I just really had no choice but to do that and I felt like I was really in control of my body rather than my body controlling me. Um, I was relieved when they said that I was five centimetres and they were going to let me go to the labour ward um, because that meant that Joss was allowed to be with me. Um, the lady that I met in the bed next to me had become a friend over the few days that we were there together. Um, yeah, she was an absolute angel and I think I might not have survived those days alone in hospital without her. Um, and she called Joss for me and said, like, you need to come, it's all happening. Um, and he told me he ran down the corridor like it was some sort of film, bursting in the doors, like, where is my wife? Because <laughs> he was, yeah, worried that he was going to miss it. Um, but once he was there, I had some gas and air, and time just kind of flew. By the time that my waters went, she was ready to arrive, um, and I was pretty adamant that I wasn't going to give birth on my back again this time. Um, I gave birth on my back with Pepper, <clears throat> and I'd done more research and I knew more about it this time and I was like no 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 I don't care if I've got a monitor or not I'm getting onto all fours so I lifted up onto the back of the bed got myself onto my knees which for me felt really really natural um and I always say to people about the position that you do a poo in um you probably wouldn't do a poo laying down on your back but you may do a poo squatting on all fours um so yeah this felt like a really kind of natural position um and Joss was kind of holding me up in the bed. And I didn't actually know this until after when he told me that with every push, he was holding me from behind so that I didn't fall off the bed because um, I kept wanting to lean down effectively onto my baby. <laughs> she was coming out. Um, so basically he was pushing me back with every push that I was pushing. Um, so in a weird kind of sweet way, we were very much a team as she kind of entered into the world. She came pretty quickly I think only three pushes um and she yeah I was listening to a piano version of thinking out loud at the time which is quite nice and what's even funnier is the song before that was Wrecking Ball by Miley Cyrus um so yeah it would have been quite hilarious if that's what she was born to um the midwife handed her up to me through my legs and she was staring at me with her precious little eyes another little girl um and I remember in that moment thinking, do you know what? This wasn't the birth that I planned on paper, um, nor, nor was Pepper's birth either. But I think back on that birth so positively and I felt so empowered. I think giving birth is one of the moments in my life that I have never felt more proud of myself. And I think if you've had a baby, you will know that feeling of pride when they hand it to you and you're like, fucking hell, I did it. I did it. I grew a human. I birthed a human and they're here on me, looking at me with their cute little face and big ears that she had to match mine. Um, yeah, and I felt very proud of myself. So I think I always talk to people about their dream birth stories and you might not get the birth story that you dreamed of, but it's the birth story that you have. And I think... You can do so many things along the way to make that birth story feel positive, feel loving and happy. Um, and there are so many circumstances where people come away from those experiences not feeling like that. Um, and 
that's really hard um, to deal with and really hard to hear. So I, I, I really feel for a lot of people that come away from their birth with birth trauma um, because I was able to, in a shit show of a birth story, come away feeling like, do you know what? That was great. And I'm really proud of myself and I'm so happy. Um, and yeah, I think COVID meant that I didn't get to have the birth that I perhaps wanted, but I still had the birth that I am immensely proud of. Um, and I think giving birth during a pandemic is probably one of my biggest achievements. And for all of you ladies who did the same, I just want to remind you all that our little lockdown babies are not the only ones who made history. So did you. Um, so after that birth, I was really passionate about how I managed to get through that um, and I knew that hypnobirthing for me played a huge part in that um, the affirmations the kind of giving myself a talking to the breathing techniques um, all of those things that I knew I needed in order to have that positive experience I felt like I just needed to tell other people about it so about three months after I'd had Indy I walked into the kitchen and I said to Joss I think I want to be a hypnobirth instructor <laughs> and he looked at me like he always does. And he went, okay, um, what makes you think you want to do that? So I explained about how I felt and why I was passionate about it. And I said, I just think I'm, I'll be really good at it. And he said, okay, if you want, um, because he's very supportive like that. And yeah, I booked on a course with Sophie Fletcher, who coincidentally, um, her brand is actually called Mindful Mama. But I had already come up with a name, the Mindful Mama Club, before I decided to train with her. Um, which I thought was either fate or she's going to think I copied her, one or the other. Um, but I did my course with her and I learned so much and I became even more passionate about helping people through their births and becoming um, what I like to call myself now is, is a birth coach. Um, so yeah, I did the course with her. I learned so, so much. And yeah, the Mindful Mama Club was born. Um, but I also wanted to add on to that. I was very passionate about breastfeeding if you have listened to my um, episode uh, with Janelle, um, you will find out that she is the lady who taught me to be a breastfeeding peer support worker. Um, and I went on her course when Indy was just four months old. And I learned so, so much about breastfeeding that I knew I wanted to add that as an arm to this business. Um, and then in addition to that, I just loved for a party. So I was like, hmm, how can I um, add parties onto this? And I remember when I had Pepper, I had the idea for something called the Millennial Mama Club. And that idea was basically like a membership club where mums could come and they would have monthly events with inspirational speakers and we would do fun things like cocktail making. And I just didn't have time to pursue that business back then. So I thought, you know what, I'm going to add that as an arm to this one. So I love to throw a bougie event. You'll always find an excuse to glam up. There'll be places where you can take selfies. You'll often find a photographer. There'll always be Prosecco or no Secco. Even my birth courses, um, you get some no Secco on those as well. So yeah, I just love to put on events. So I thought, you know what? I'm just going to put on events that I want to go to that other mums can come to as well. So yeah, that's kind of how the Mindful Mama Club was born out of my birth story with Indy and my passion for knowing that people can have a really empowering and happy and proud birth that on paper is not traditional um, how you would imagine a hypnobirthing birth to be. So, yeah, induction during COVID, all alone. Um, yeah, but still, 
one of the most amazing experiences of my life, um, which led me here. So I'm really grateful for that crazy COVID birth, if I'm honest, because I wouldn't be here doing what I am now. And to date, I have 22 hypno babies, um, which have been born with parents who have done courses with me, which is so nice. And when I get to cuddle them, that is like the best feeling in the world. Um, so yeah, enough of me rambling. But that is my birth story with Indy and how I am where I am now with the Mindful Mama Club. Um, yeah, and we'll do one with Peppa's birth story, which was even more of a whirlwind. She nearly came out in a wheelchair. But um, I'll leave that one for another time. So yeah, thank you so much for listening um, to my birth story. And if you guys want to send me yours, I love hearing other people's birth stories. So feel free to send them to me. Um, but yeah, like I said, if you had one of those COVID babies, the babies are not the only ones who made history. So did you. So send in all the love and positive energy as that as a final thought for this podcast. Mwah. Thank you for listening to the Shits and Giggles Guide to Motherhood. I hope you enjoyed listening to the episode as much as I enjoyed recording it. If you love what you heard, be sure to subscribe to the podcast and leave me a review. Your feedback means the world to me. It helps other mums discover the show too. If you want to hear more, you can find me on Instagram and Facebook at Mindful Mama Club. I love to chat, so always feel free to reach out. Join us again next time as we bring you more shits and giggles, inspiring conversations, amazing guests and tips for you to boss your own motherhood adventure. Thank you for being a part of the MMC community. And until next time, keep smiling and being the bloody superhero woman that you are. Lots of love, Jen.